Hello, and welcome to the Workplace Experience Podcast, proudly brought to you by Workplace Services Australia, your leading workplace strategy, change management, workplace culture, and associated workplace services partner. My name is Bly Williams. I'm a senior flexible working strategist and change culture expert at Workplace Services Australia. This is the fourth episode of the Workplace Experience Podcast. Today we will be continuing our discussions on the importance of the investment in change management and how it can successfully contribute to the return of your employees to the office now that the COVID curve has begun to flatten across Australia and we move towards the new normal. We will also be reliving some live examples of a day in the life of an employee and how a change manager can unearth a variety of design shortfalls that affect either an individual or groups within your organisation. We will also be discussing the difference between a need and a want, and they are two truly different things. We will also cover off today why people communicate with your change management team in different ways at different stages of the project. So, let's begin. Often the way to alleviate people's fears is to truly understand what is concerning them. On a recent public service workplace project, there was a people manager who, when you spoke to him, you could smell the fear of the unknown, the new building, the new workplace design. This was a guy that was confident, a subject matter expert in his field, renowned across Australia, a guy who managed more than 25 people. So why could we smell the fear? He was just concerned about how the change would impact him, but also impact his team. And having to live with that impact on a daily basis for the next 10 years, which was the length of time that his employer had signed the lease for their new workplace. So, how did we overcome it? How did we overcome this fear that we could smell? We completed what we refer to as a day in the life journey. We did this on a one-on-one basis to start with, and then with his permission, with his team. It was one of the most valuable exercises I've ever completed while in a change role. And why you ask? Because what it did is it made me really understand It made me understand what he actually did from when he left the front door of his home to when he reopened it, returning that evening. And we addressed a whole variety of issues from how did he get his push bike into the building at 6.30 a.m.? Was the end of trip facilities going to be open at this time of the day? He really needs to work independently for the first 90 minutes each morning before other team members arrive and the phones start to ring. And weekly team meetings for up to 25 people with AV to share information, ideas and workload. There is also need for casual collaboration space that the current workplace did not provide where people could get together on short notice and solution problems that were coming from upper management that needed to be fed back to the requester 
within hours. When these issues were flushed out, there were discoveries, shortcomings, such as bike access into the building before 6.30am. Were the end of trip facilities available on his departure between 4pm and 5pm? What it actually unearthed was that these facilities were not available. We needed to work with our stakeholder, the base building management, to make sure that there was access via the car park ramp for this gentleman to be able to park his bike of a morning at that time. Otherwise, for potentially the next 10 years, he would have had to carry his bike up the fire escape. The level of cooperation to resolve some of these most basic issues is always greater as you're moving into the building and your workplace project is exactly that in project mode. If left till after the project closes and it becomes a business as usual problem, some of these problems can exist for decades. But most importantly, what it did do is it made people realise that the change team was listening and it cared. It also flushed out the difference between a need and a want. Realistically, all projects have financial constraints. And though we may want gold taps, we often don't need gold taps. Sometimes employees want a 20-seat meeting room, but do they need a 20-seat meeting room? If the answer is yes, then it's a need. If the answer is no, then it's clearly a want. Often the ethnographic utilisation study will support the request for the 20-seat meeting room by showing existing facilities are highly utilised or smaller 12 or 15 seat rooms are overpopulated. These cross-check measures by using the utilisation results can truly assist in determining what is a need and what is a want. Now let's discuss why people's methods of communication may change with your change managers during the duration of the project. Some people, through the entire project duration, will only communicate with your change managers on a one-on-one -on -one basis or via email, with the fear that if they bring up issues in team meetings or at town halls, that they are afraid of being made to look stupid. Other people, however, as they build the trust that you're a part of their team and you've got their best interest at heart, will then start to be able to communicate with you more openly and in front of other people. We always say at the beginning of the project and at different stages, at town halls and team updates, don't be afraid to ask any question. There's nothing called a stupid question. At other times, people may wish to vocalise their concerns, often with great emotion. This is not normally to undermine the project, it is more about their fear. Their fear is normally driven by concern. Concern that there is some form of design fault or functionality fault that will make doing the most simple task in the workplace difficult for the amount of time that the organisation remains in that building. And then of course, there is a small minority, the small vocal minority that would wish to grandstand at town halls and team updates that no matter how you try to communicate and how you try to settle their concerns, 
nothing will ever be good enough. However, often the investment with these people on a one-on-one -on -one basis and to challenge them politely in these open, open forums is essential to be able to bring the yacht back onto course and sail through the smooth project seas. In the last few minutes of this episode, I would like to cover off briefly the importance of the change management investment, specifically around working with your workforce so that they feel that it is now safe to return to the office. Psychologically and realistically, people need to know they are safe. Your change team needs to communicate things that are happening in the workplace to reduce the risk of viral infection. This could include changes to your cleaning regime, introduction of disinfectant procedures, the installation of self-sanitization stations, the presence and the role of day cleaners, and education or re-education of clean desk policy. It's important that staff understand the importance of checking in and checking out, either through what was your visitor system or a QR code system, and if necessary, compulsory temperature testing on arrival. Also, we need to re-educate occupants on what spaces are used for in regards to what activities, for what periods of time, and maximum capacity of four people in enclosed meeting spaces and collaborative and breakout zones. The days of being able to use any type of room and put an extra 20% of people into this space are over. The education now needs to be what the new limits are on these enclosed spaces. This is not an induction, but by more way, a reorientation of the workplace and how to use these facilities in the workplace to ensure that the spread of viral disease is eliminated. This has only just been a short overview and we'll be working through a whole range of change and operational issues in episode five, which is strongly orientated to communicating to your staff that it is now safe to return to the office. Some of the other issues that we will be discussing will be management's approach to compressed hours of work and also how to handle employees' concerns around commuting to the office. And thank you for joining us for episode four. Please see the show notes below and leave a short feedback or subscribe. The way it is, Monday, 22nd of February 2021. This has been the Workplace Experience Podcast, Episode 4. I am Bly Williams, and thanks for joining us. The Workplace Experience Podcast has been brought to you by Workplace Services Australia. Please visit us at www.wsagroup.com.au.